0: Well, nearing the end of Season 1.
1: Yes, we are.
0: Episode 9.
1: This, this is the penultimate show of the season.
0: Penultimate, mm-hmm. it is.
1: Yeah, what are you drinking there, Matthew? Oh,
0: I'm just having a little cheeky Northern Dry.
1: Poetic License Northern
0: Yes, with an aromatic tonic, just there mm. uh, mixing it up, and some ice that I've had to dash downstairs for.
1: I'm so in love with that gin, it's ridiculous.
0: Mm.
1: Okay, so today we're going to talk about cocktails cocktails that's something we haven't
0: even delved into you know
1: not really no and in this episode i think we're only really going to be able to scratch the surface because there's so much to talk about when it comes to cocktails but we've picked out some of the most fascinating facts from the history of cocktails that we will talk you through today
0: excellent news Mm -hmm. yeah
1: quite a lot of time will be given over to the martini today yes yeah
0: (laughs) <laughs> There's a sentence <laughs> that I'm sure a lot of people have used in high society. Yes. That's how the start of the parties. Look everybody, a lot of time will be giving over to the martini <laughs> today.
1: But first, I want to we wanna do a couple of shout outs today, don't we, Matthew?
0: Yes, we've got loads of people shout out to because everyone's been very, very generous. Uh, everyone's loving the podcast, which we Adore we uh, every every five story it makes us smile.
1: Yes, so thank you for those. And um, so Carl, the gentleman Hawkins, got in touch with us. Yes, he did. Uh, regarding our, our previous show, because last week we said if you know anything about your favourite gin labels, let us know. And Carl
0: let us bloody know, didn't yeah, he?
1: Yeah, he did. So Carl is um, based in the Midlands, and he's responsible for the wonderful Jekyll and Hyde bar in Birmingham. Magnificent. Yeah. So he said that following on from what we told you about Monkey 47, he had some other fascinating facts to go with it. So um, apparently there's a ring on the cork. It's a size U ring, so you can actually wear it. Bartenders often wear it. I tried to put it on, but it was too big. And there's a Latin, Latin inscription in the ring that reads, Ex Pluribus Unum, which translates as out of many... One.
0: Sounds like my saving technique.
1: <laughs> but it's actually to do with the 47 botanicals that all come together to create one... A
0: beautiful wonderful. monkey 47 gin. Yeah.
1: He also said that the monkey... Do you remember I said last week that I thought the monkey was, was holding it? a sprig of grain? Uh, yeah. It's not. Ugh. Yeah. So he said the monkey is actually holding a sprig of cranberry bush.
0: mm mm-hmm.
1: And that, because that's one of the, the botanicals in monkey, monkey 47.
0: had a bit of cystitis. Yeah. Poor little monkey. I, know. I bet he was in the toilet and he was going, ooh, 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 and nobody knew any different. Amazing.
1: Any Amazing. different.
0: That's a great joke. I don't care what anyone says. Leaving it in. Don't dare. <laughs> don't dare edit that out. Uh,
1: Leave that in. Leave that in. Gin <laughs> joke. Gin joke. Um, and he also said that Monty Collins was actually tasked with rebuilding Berlin Zoo at the end of the war. <sighs>
0: Sounds like a wacky adventure from Disney, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, so he adopted the monkey, a bit like uh, Ross in Friends adopts the monkey, Marcel. And that's why he named the lodge the Wild Monkey Guesthouse, after his... Uh, after his silly little monkey? Yeah. Oh, Isn't silly that amazing? little
0: monkey. Yeah, with oh. his little
1: sprig. Um, so... Thank you so much, Carl. Uh, please check out Carl's blog. It's The Gin it's, uh, the gentleman. The gentleman. So thanks for that. Also, I want to say hi to the South City Gin Club in Missouri. They tweeted us uh, from an Amtrak train heading through the centre of. God, how the cool States does that, and that sound? I know, it had been listening to us, so it felt like we were taken on a wonderful train journey through America. So, hi, South City Gin Club. and. In honor of the fact that you're one of our very few American listeners, um, I'm just going to give you some fast facts about St. Louis, Missouri. <whistles> Are You ready? Yeah. Uh, St. Louis, Missouri is the place where the ice cream cone was invented. Uh huh. Seven Up was also invented there. It's
0: a sweet Tooth is town there.
1: Mhm. They're known for the toasted ravioli, which is the uh, the city's signature dish.
0: That sounds weird.
1: I think it sounds amazing. Of
0: course you do, because it it's food. <laughs>
1: It was the first American city to host the Olympics. Was it? Yes. Eh? What year? I, I have no idea.
0: You don't know? Brilliant. No, well researched, no. Sarah. Continue.
1: <laughs> the very first kindergarten was founded. Uh,
0: Does it have a cop?
1: I don't know if Arnie was, was it, involved. Was he not? No. It's
0: not a tumor. <laughs> Classic. <Yeah>. Mr. Kimball.
1: <laughs> the first interstate highway was built there. Goodness me. And uh, also, John Goodman who's one of my favourite actors. He lives in St. Louis, Missouri. If you can
0: get hold of him uh, for an interview about gin, that would be great. Uh,
1: That would be fantastic. And Maya Angelou, who is an incredible poet. So that's a little tribute to you, South City Gin Club. And final shout-out this week goes to the Craft Gin Club.
0: Yes, the Craft Gin Club indeed.
1: Who have sent us a treat.
0: What an absolute delight. They have sent us their July gin box, Mm -hmm. which is magnificent. And we're going to do one of those things that what they do on the internet.
1: What what the, the kids, kids do. do. Yeah,
0: the unboxings. Yeah. Let's see how that goes. Because oh we've got uh, July's Gin Club box right here. Oh, best not shit that. It's no. obviously got gin in yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um,
1: Yeah. And coming up on today's show, also, we have the Tin Gin World Cup.
0: World Cup bloody final. The final. And at this point in time, it is possible that the two people that are in the final are actually in the final. It's Brazil and Russia, yeah. Lone Wolf and Aldi. And actually, as we're speaking, Dan says, Brazil are 1-0 down, so this could ruin our oh, final. Goodness.
1: <laughs> no! No! Stay tuned for that.
0: Cocktails, woo day we're getting drunk with a mixture of drinks. Cocktails, that was in the theme of Duck DuckTales, the old cartoon. Uh,
1: I mean, it wasn't, for copyright reasons, it, it wasn't. No, absolutely not. We made it up on so, the spot.
0: Yeah, of course, uh, I think Disney, who'd go up against them. Right, uh, so, cocktails, eh?
1: Yeah.
0: What's that, all of those? It's
1: about time we talked about It
0: is, cocktails. we needed to, because uh, gin and tonic... Is considered a
1: cocktail. I understand. You you could you could call it a cocktail. Yes, there are many definitions out there, but one of the definitions, one of the most widely accepted definitions, is it's an alcoholic drink made from one or more spirits mixed together with other ingredients, uh. such as fruit juice. And generally, there's an alcohol, there's something sweet, and there's something bitter. Mm. Generally,
0: sounds like your your brain.
1: <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um. The cocktail's done a lot for gin, over the years.
0: I imagine it has.
1: So yeah, one of the things that it's certainly done is it got men and women drinking together mm-hmm. in the early twentieth century, because in the Victorian time you'd have you'd do your your meal all together, the men and the women, and then after dinner the women would retire for their tea and the men would have their their port or their brandy or
0: swirl it around until the time of African hunts and it's, stuff.
1: Yeah, exactly. But then. When the cocktail arrived in the sort of early 20th centuries, when the cocktail boom happened, women really took to cocktails, but it, it was seen as a really unisex drink. So it was something that men and women could, could knock back together, not in a kind of rolling round a gin palace kind of way, but in polite society, so to speak.
0: Civilised drinking.
1: Yes. Another thing it's done for gin is it made rough old Tom gin more palatable back in the day when cocktails first came on the scene. And adding all of these extra ingredients made it a lot more palatable. Yeah. It also gave American bartenders uh, a creative outlet in Europe during the Prohibition years. Mm. So we managed to poach a lot of American talent over here. Uh Mm.
0: That's what you get for buying alcohol. Yeah. Lose your best uh, shakers.
1: Yeah but i mean i say that cocktails are sort of part of polite society in the early 20th century but it didn't necessarily start out that way so i read a 1929 article from the guardian which was called an ill-bred drink and that was about cocktails and that said that the cocktail kind of had rocky beginnings really the name in their theory, it derives from a cocktail horse, which was a horse that was badly bred, and its tail was docked. And um, so, if you saw a, uh, a cocktail horse, you'd think, "Oh, he's you know, he's come from rough, rough breeding."
0: Yeah. Uh, Same as like if anyone had Adidas two stripe on when yes. when you were at school, you got. Oh.
1: Just the more snobbish. Yes, you know, yes, would, yes, would yes. Turn their noses up. Yeah. And that then started to extend to, perhaps, uh, rather, again, snobbishly, uh, you know, an ill-bred person who was, you know, maybe a little acting a little bit above their station. So there's a theory that when this impure, diluted concoction of spirits came along, cocktail seemed a fitting name. Mm. Mm.
0: What's name? I, you know what? I would never have guessed in a million years that that was where the name cocktail came well, from. Well,
1: it might not be. Because there are so many conflicting theories on this. So in his book, The Book of Gin, uh, Richard Barnard proposes that the name probably came from the French Cockatel, which is a wine cup that was brought from France to America in the late 1700s. France,
0: it's not. It is a kind of bird. (laughs) Oh, French people. Come on now.
1: And there's a third theory, mm-hmm. which is that tavern keepers, when they found that their casks were nearly empty, and um, what they would do was they would mix the spirits all together in a barrel because it's like a dirty pint.
0: We did a dirty pint before, didn't we, with all our... Uh...
1: Oh, with all our homemade with gin. our homemade
0: we to the dirty pint. I think
1: you were wretched.
0: Oh, may I just recommend never doing that in your life. It was absolutely hideous.
1: Yeah, and if you're not aware of what a dirty pint is, a dirty pint is generally what happens on a stag do when. Um, Somebody goes up to the bar and gets the stag a shot of pretty much everything. Everything on the bar. And maybe topped up with a bit of beer or a bit of cider or a bit of... Yeah. Actually very dangerous. Yes, Never what do we like it. Yes, because what we
0: like to do on a stag night out here is do our best to kill them <laughs> via alcohol poisoning or exposure. Well,
1: somebody once died from a dirty pint. Of course they yeah.
0: did. I mean, it was going to happen.
1: Yeah. This... A concoction of spirits this dirty barrel of spirits and um, would all be mixed together and then they'd be poured from the spigot which was the kind of the the tap on the the cask which was also referred to as a cock so patron <laughs> yes matthew
0: oh i wasn't gonna get through this episode come on <laughs>
1: With- we're not even like 10 minutes in. No,
0: I mean, I was never going to get through an episode no. with cocktail and not go. there. Okay. Well, have you got it out of your system? Now? Oh God, absolutely not. I no, mean, it'll no. happen again. Yeah,
1: yeah. But um, So patrons who wanted this cheaper alcohol would come in and ask for the cocktailings. Yeah. Keep it together. Yeah, I'm
0: keeping it together.
1: <laughs> no.
0: Oh.
1: So early references to cocktails. Well, the writer of the 1929 Guardian article that I read uh, claimed that it was once used to refer to a, a kind of a beer with a head of foam on it, but another historian called David wonderick um, claims that the first ever reference was made in 1803 in the Farmer's Cabinet, which was kind of a weekly newspaper, where one writer said that he um, got up, drank a glass of cocktail, excellent for the head, called at the doctor's, found Burnham, he looked very wise, Drank another glass of cocktail.
0: So was cocktail a certain drink before it became uh, umbrella term?
1: Yeah, it was quite a specific mix of spirit, bitters, syrup, and then something to add flavour. Well, so
0: I tell you what, we should find out what that is—the original definition of this cocktail.
1: Yeah, I and mean, then
0: you can drink it. <laughs> yeah. After my previous exploits.
1: There are early recipes for cocktails, one which I'll touch upon very shortly. Ooh. Yeah, but it wasn't until the latter half of the 1800s, the very late 1800s, that it started to become this umbrella term for various different types of mixed drinks. So a mm. martini became a type of cocktail.
0: Yeah, I used to make cocktails when I was little.
1: What but did you make?
0: With pop. We called it moon juice. Yeah. We used orange squash, limeade from the pop van, and cherryade and iron brew, and we'd mix our lemon with orange squash and it would go like a brownie green.
1: Oh, that sounds disgusting. It sounds disgusting. Was it amazing? No, it tasted horrible.
0: <laughs> but we thought, oh, cool. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, won't I want to tell you, as you pour your ice into that glass... do uh, about a man who was really instrumental in solidifying the cocktail's popularity. His name was Professor yeah. <laughs> Jerry Thomas.
0: Did he have a professorship in no. drinking?
1: No, he didn't have any kind of professorship.
0: Was he telling porky pies?
1: Yeah, he was one of these kind. He was named the father of American mixology, and he was this self-made man who really epitomised that, you know, American entre- entrepreneurial spirit. He had loads of careers throughout, uh, you know, the mid to late. 1800s including being a gold prospector um, he was also a bar owner didn't and, sound
0: like he was going for a get rich quick scheme yeah, at all yeah exactly
1: and less admirably apparently he also ran a minstrel show hmm. uh, which is uh, a sign of the darker side of yes. the American culture at the time and yeah. um, but according to the writer David Wonderick, who I've mentioned, he would stand behind the bar of the Occidental Hotel in San Francisco. He was a big man. He was a, a very stocky man, tall, broad. And featured
0: him with a, with a gold waistcoat on and perhaps a, a pocket watch.
1: Yeah, but he was a pocket watch. Apparently he was all ablaze with diamonds. And he'd have always have these cocktail shakers in his hand and behind him this wonderful and strange a uh, range of, you know, unknown and mysterious He might have been a waste and
0: a criminal, but he sounds like a proper laugh. <laughs>
1: yeah, and in his obituary it said, you know, oh, he was loved, he was loved by all classes. And then I was reading about him, and then it said he ran a minstrel show, and I thought, Really? Yeah. by everybody <laughs> I mean,
0: there's, there's a few people I think probably take exception <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, swines <laughs> yeah uh, so he wrote a book which is called The Bon Vivant's Companion or How to Mix Drinks in 1862 um, and then he a small section of it's given over to the cocktail. Not much ice used at the time, which suggests that in the late 1800s, ice wasn't necessarily a huge component no, of cocktails. I'd
0: say it was a bit tricky at the store back then as well. Refrigeration Absolutely. was Appar- impossible.
1: Yeah, apparently... Um, over in Britain, when the cocktail trade really started to take off, hoteliers had this conundrum because they loved getting the extra trade, particularly the extra trade from women that weren't usually yeah, yeah, their yeah. clientele. If you've uh,
0: got 50% of an entire world population yes. that wasn't coming into your bar, yes. that is now, you'd be like... <laughs> exactly.
1: Click. So they were over the moon when this cocktail boom happened, but they were like, oh, God, we've got to start storing ice.
0: But Why would they, why would they talk like that? Where were they from, these people? <laughs> is it your, another one of your brilliant voices? Well, I will tell you what, this season we have revealed a lot of Sarah's talents and voices. Is uh, yeah, one of them.
1: Well, well, I say, boys. Oh, here we are.
0: <laughs> I, I, I mean, if she's cutting my, she's cutting my joke. You know what? What you I'm hear, I'm
1: going to cut
0: that. No, out. you're not. What we hear is a, a really sanitized version of what happens. And Sarah cuts a lot of my jokes out. Some of them are good. And <laughs> do you know what? We're leaving that in just to let you know what what happens <laughs> without an edit. <laughs>
1: So, ice not very widely used in his recipe book. And in a later edition that he wrote some years before it was published, it was actually published after his death, this later edition, he mentions a recipe for something called the Martinez.
0: Martinez. Now,
1: here starts quite the trail of urban legend. So, it is thought that this was possibly an early version of the Martini because it, be- it contained bitters. Mm-hmm. Uh, maraschino, gin, vermouth, gum syrup, curacao, almond syrup and two small lumps of ice. That mm-hmm. was the recipe.
0: Oh, just tiny little lumps of ice. Yeah. For no reason. For no reason. <laughs> probably they probably well, to chill and drink.
1: there was a reason, but we'll come to the reason for ice. Okay. So, did Thomas or did Thomas not invent the martini? So, according to Thomas, it all started one night in a bar in San Francisco. Imagine it. One balmy night on a dusty road. Trusty wood. Mm. T- 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 Thomas is there, all ablaze with his diamonds behind the bar. <gasps> and a traveller comes in. Hello, traveller. The traveller wants to try something new, something he's never tried before.
0: Get out, just blow the menu.
1: <laughs> his journey had been long.
0: Okay, that's fair enough.
1: He was tired. He wanted some real refreshment, and I mean, Matthew, <laughs> real refreshment. Mm. He didn't want anything off the menu. <clears throat> How actually dare you?
0: Menu? I'll set fire and we on it.
1: So I'm Tom- a traveller in
0: this story, but yeah. yeah.
1: So Thomas says, Hey, no problem, buddy.
0: Uh, did the traveller go, So, what part of Ireland are you from?
1: <laughs> say, say, man. <laughs> say, boy. <laughs> I was a man a second ago. <laughs> hey, boy, where are you headed? To which the man replied, Martinez.
0: Martinez, that's where I'm after
1: you. Martinez!
0: (laughs) Are you Rick Sanchez now? Is that who you
1: are? So, Thomas worked his wizardry and whipped up a potent cordial, naming it in honour of the traveller's destination. Mm. Now, great story.
0: That is a cool story.
1: Probably not true. Oh, don't. Yeah. So, firstly, the the residence of Martinez, which is about 30 miles outside of San Francisco, claim that the mysterious traveler actually walked into a bar in Martinez, paid for a drink with a completely different bartender, paid for a drink with a gold nugget, and then later met Thomas and told Thomas about this recipe. That could equally have been hearsay. Acknowledge that. But, secondly, the Martinez has a different recipe to the modern martini. So, firstly, it used old Tom Gin, as opposed to London Dry. Um... Things
0: get changed the way you
1: know. True, it also used sweet, not dry vermouth.
0: I mean, what was it we were talking about earlier on? The toasted ravioli. What kind of nonsense is that?
1: Toasted ravioli doth still ravioli make, Matthew.
0: Yep, nearly dropped your the gin there. That's a uh, take.
1: Jerry Thomas also used crack in his
0: mm-hmm.
1: Martin- Martinez recipe. Sounds like
0: Bullet Ricochet.
1: Crack <laughs> And that's not present in the the modern recipe. So, yes, they're not worlds apart, but there are some really fundamental differences in those two recipes. Um, So other possibilities for the origins of the martini's name have been proposed. So something it was named after the British rifle, the Martini Henry, which was known for its powerful kickback... Some think it's named after the company Martini and Rossi, so they're the makers of a dry vermouth who ended a bottling of a vermouth gin-ready-mixed cocktail and calling it the Martini. Um, <laughs> like Mad Dog. <laughs> a bit like Mad Dog 2020, that <laughs> we've talked about alarmingly yes, frequently on the show about I think gin. we should get some. Yeah. Others claim it was named after the bartender at New York's Knickerbocker Hotel, Martini di Arma di hmm. So, in short, we don't know.
0: Where, where do these arguments happen? Where do people get in a room and go, right, let's discuss the origin of the
1: martini? I think the thing is that they that they become the subject of urban legend yeah. that is spread through literature, through, mm. you know, hearsay, through the press, various means. But I like the fact that the martini and the cocktail has got... Actually, mis- oh no, mis- no, not yeah, not, mysterious origins.
0: origins. Yeah. Like a superhero.
1: Yeah. So, as we move into the 20th century, this is when the cocktail revolution really started to kick off in Europe. And as I've mentioned previously, it was caused by prohibition mainly. So, Jerry Thomas was dead by this point, sadly. Boo. Yeah, but he had led the way in kickstarting the cocktail culture in the states, and now in Britain we were poaching America's most talented bartenders who were coming over to um, to circumvent the prohibition laws. So one of these master mixologists was a chap named Harry Craddock. So although he was born in Britain, he'd built his career over in in the states, and then returned to Britain to work at the Savoy American Bar, which attracted the likes of the likes of Ava Gardner and Errol Flynn. So cocktails are at this point. Really starting to become the thing, you know, mm. the thing of the, the Hollywood glitterati. And he invented tons of new recipes, mainly using his favourite brand of gin, Plymouth mm-hmm. gin. Now, you'll no doubt recognise some of his his signature cocktails.
0: Go. I'll tell you if I do.
1: Okay. So one was a corpse reviver number two. Yep.
0: Yeah. Is that a zombie as well? No, it is.
1: Quite possibly, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think that's what, now, what's interesting about this is that it, it again comes back to the fact that... Do you remember in that early reference I mentioned, uh, the, the guy's drinking cocktails in the morning, and this was very much the thing. So Craddock's recipes were all designed to drink, be Breakfast drunk before 11am. Yes, and they were designed to clear the head, and that's where the corpse survivor gets his name. So it was, it was designed to defog the brain in the morning, mm-hmm. although uh, Craddock did warn... That four of these uh, cocktails, drunk in quick succession, would unrevive the corpse Yes. Another of inventions, uh, which was the whiskey, gin and absinthe laden bunny hug, came with a warning, which he issued himself. This cocktail should immediately be poured down the sink before it is too late.
0: I bet I cleaned the drains.
1: Oh, I'd love to try it. What was it? It was called the bunny hug.
0: Bunny hug, what's in that?
1: Uh, Whiskey, absinthe, and gin are the spirits in it. And
0: he's got no other details for the.
1: No, but I'm sure we will look that up,
0: and we will do we'll do some deadly cocktail tests.
1: Yes, all right, let's do it.
0: I'll have an emergency squash. (laughs)
1: You will need an emotional yes. squash at that point. Now, what's interesting is that in her book, Gin, Glorious Gin, Olivia Williams points out that while Craddock received loads of recognition for his role in the cocktail revolution, it was his predecessor, a woman named Ada Coleman, who was probably the brains behind a lot of the recipes that were ultimately uh, accred- credited to Craddock. Before him, she was the bartender at the, the same bar, the American bar at the Savoy, and her signature drink was called the Hanky Panky. It bears some resemblance to the Negroni, and it was probably named um, after the actor Charles Hawtrey, not the carry-on film actor Charles Hawtrey, <laughs> a completely different actor really? of the same name.
0: We should make a cocktail called the Ooh Matron.
1: <laughs> yes. So one night Hawtrey came to the bar. He was absolutely exhausted. He'd been working long hours, and he said, Coley, I'm tired. Give me something with a bit of a punch in it. So Coley went away and had a think and came up with a brand new recipe which she gave him (laughs) to which he exclaimed, By jove, this is the real Hanky Panky and that's how it got its name.
0: There you go. I'm going to start shouting about drinks later when I come into things, see so if anyone names a cocktail. I'll, uh, I'll go, oh, a walloping weatherers. <laughs> no? Okay.
1: Suckering succotash, <laughs> this is the cat's pyjamas. Yeah,
0: the cat's pyjamas, that's yeah. a great name for a cocktail. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, although the cocktail revolution in the early 20th century was in full swing, there were some real party poopers getting in the way, so, Ooh. yeah... One eminent London wine merchant is quoted as saying, "The I'm going to do the voice. Oh God! Yeah. The, the Americans are curious people. They took gin and brandy and vermouth and whiskey and lemon and oranges and cherries and olives and sardines and anchovies and goodness knows what, and then mixed them up with ice, with ice." And put them into their stomachs. And God will punish them and condemn them for the rest of their lives to drink nothing but raw spirits.
0: That's... Slightly exaggerated, isn't it? Mm. No need for that, mate.
1: But it shows the fact that you know there were the there was the old guard of wine drinkers yeah. who probably thought that cocktails were for you know that's modern what, trash.
0: Exactly. That's what we're trying to do with gin. You know, where yeah. people go, oh, it's, it's it's snobby, and yeah. you can't drink it, little man. And then to the, this week, just an example, I put a picture up on my Instagram, on uh, our Instagram, sorry, uh, of a working men's club in the yeah. middle of the northeast which is a brilliant place, the White House in Ashington, yeah. fantastic place, hello girls, I know you are listen, right. fantastic place, and I know that they have got about 30 or 40 gins, and they've got some of the best gins I've ever had.
1: Yeah, you tried a uh, Bowie gin, didn't yep, you, Bowie, probably bro- named after Sylvia Stiller Bowie. Yep, Bowie. Yeah. Bowie
0: uh, Scottish Bramble gin, it was a gin liqueur, but oh my word, what mm. a treat, yeah. they've got Poetic Licensing, they've got The Lakes gins, they've got every kind of gin you can imagine, and... Because they're genuinely into the gin, and they've they've gone right, you know what? we're going to have a gin menu, yeah. and they've done it. it. the snobbiness is breaking down slowly,
1: absolutely, so if you want to drink your 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 gin with lemons and oranges and cherries and olives yeah. and sardines and anchovies, and goodness yeah. knows what you do that.
0: I dare say God's not going to interfere.
1: <laughs> Matt will probably vomit just thinking about it, but the he sardines won't bit disapprove. Made us, did,
0: did make us feel a little bit giddy.
1: yeah. So, Alec War, the older brother of the novelist Evelyn Moore, uh, claimed to have invented the cocktail party as a way to kill time before dinner. And then soon every happening Londoner was trading in their dinner parties for cocktail parties.
0: Fondue was a thing yeah. for a while, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah.
1: And although cocktails are seen as an aperitif, so they stimulate the appetite, people didn't really have time before the theatre and after work to have large dinners. So instead they'd have cocktails, but they'd have maybe uh, a cucumber sandwich or a snack.
0: A canopy.
1: A canape, yes. So now, Matthew, this episode would not be complete.
0: It wouldn't, Sarah, if we didn't finish it. So is that it finished? No. Okay.
1: If we didn't talk about James Bond. Of course. Bond, James Bond.
0: Yeah. And how does he take it?
1: He takes it shaken not stirred, right? So what are your thoughts on shaken versus shaking versus stirring?
0: Do you know what? I'm not entirely sure how it would affect the flavour either way. You get crushed little tiny bits of ice. But that's about all I know.
1: Well, shaking a cocktail will dilute it significantly more than stirring it. Is that right? Yeah. Which is not necessarily... So James Bond's a bit soft? No, no this is not necessarily <laughs> a bad thing because um, it's often really necessary to balance out the flavour, the temperature, the strength of the drink. Mm-hmm. Um, and according to the Bartender's Guide to Gin, stirring is what you would call the purist's choice. So it allows you to blend and chill the so ingredients. Bond's a bit common. Bond is a bit
0: common, yeah.
1: Exactly. In The Bartender's Guide, they cite the classic martini as a drink that doesn't really need a lot of dilution. So, nil point to Mr Bond there. Yeah. So he's diluting something that really doesn't require it. His also big mistake was that half the time he asks for vodka in his martini. Uh, Which, according to Aaron Knoll in his book Gin, is not a real martini, Mr Bond. (laughs)
0: <laughs> We've been expecting you to get, it wrong, to get it wrong, Mr. Bond. Yeah. Stop getting martinis wrong, <laughs> Bond.
1: <laughs> the vodka people.
0: <laughs> They're vodka people, then.
1: Um. So. One group of academic researchers got together in 1999 to figure out whether there were health benefits of shaking. Oh, God, get and together not and stirring cure cancer, <laughs> I know! So they, they noted that moderate alcohol consumption reduces the risk of cardiovascular disease, uh, stroke, and cataracts.
0: <gasps> moderate.
1: Got it. <laughs> yeah. They also noticed that Mr. Bond seemed to be a healthy chap. No cataracts, no heart disease
0: five different men yeah
1: five different actors (laughs) and probably a few strokes um
0: yeah
1: (laughs) so what they uh what they did was they they compared shaken and stirred martinis for their antioxidant abilities specifically in deactivating hydrogen peroxide now the shaken martinis were more effective than the stirred ones at deactivating the hydrogen peroxide, and they both performed better than gin or vermouth alone.
0: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So they
1: concluded that the shaken cocktail was the healthier drink. A victory this time for Mr. Yeah,
0: well, do- well okay. done, Mr. Bond.
1: You are really surprising us. You have
0: escaped my trap once again. Oh, Arnold
1: of- Schwarzenegger was in.
0: Is Blofeld?
1: So the Bond novels and the Bond films span from the 1950s until the present day. Um, so during that time, uh, cocktails have had their ups and downs. So in the 60s, cocktails did, like gin, go out of style a little bit. So Do you
0: think that, because what we think, concert of them now, all fancy and mixed, you'd think the 60s would have been cocktail absolutely, central, wouldn't yeah,
1: you? But... There was, I guess, a move away from the what would have been classed as the more bourgeois yeah, 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 culture exactly, in the 1960s. Yeah. And um, the writer Richard Yates is a perfect example of this. He's one of my favourite writers. Read him if you dare, because he's also one of the most depressing writers you'll ever yeah. read, and he'll turn your soul inside out. Um, but unlike the beat writers, you know, Jack Kerouac was talking about swigging whiskey on the back of a pickup truck under the stars. Richard Yates was writing about, you know, um, impotent, ageing salesmen, and their bored housewives who filled their kitchens with appliances that they didn't need and filled their days with cocktails. So while the cool beat uh, characters were drinking whiskey, Richard Yates is suffering, grim trapped suburban characters were drinking cocktails and that's a really interesting sign of the times. So it was it was still a morning drink. Quite the roller coaster wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but this time it wasn't, you know, the the bright young party goer drinking it in the morning to clear their head before they go out partying again. It was for the depressed, disenfranchised, alcoholic um of suburban America. So that was a bit of a low point for cocktails. But going back to Richard Barnett's book, The Book of Gin, he argues that cocktails really started making their comeback in the 1980s. So films like Bright Lights, Big City, Swingers, Cocktail, and then later uh, Mad Men mm-hmm. uh, really brought cocktails back into popular culture. And, you know, a new generation of mixologists probably longing for a bit of a golden age gone by, mm-hmm. started putting modern twists and old recipes. And... Um, Another theory for why cocktails made a, col- a comeback was foodie culture. So in, the millennial generation has a real interest in provenance and where their ingredients come from, and the, you know the, the multitude of fresh ingredients in cocktails really taps into that. So according to uh, alcohol drink supplier Matthew Clark, one out of three outlets now serve cocktails.
0: Crazy, right? So, yeah
1: bars, restaurants, etc. And that is 15,000 more than we're doing so three years ago. Wow. So cocktail culture really is booming right Mm. now. So that's where I'm going to end this tale. And it's a nice place Uh, to end it because ended on a high. I did that on purpose. I know you did. It's very good. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, well, um, it's pretty good. Let's uh, stick a tiny little umbrella in that one and uh, move along. I know! Uh, well, the excitement culminates in the final of the Tinned Gin World Cup. It's Brazil. Brazil, a World Cup classic, represented by Aldi Gin. And Russia, the, the host nation.
1: Yeah, so represented by.
0: Lone Wolf the Gin. Majestic Lone Wolf. The Lone Wolf.
1: Striding out onto the field.
0: Stop falling in love with the wolf. So. Okay, so uh, let's let's get straight let's get straight over there and find out what's going on. Over to you, M- me and Gavin. <laughs> <laughs> Football World Cup final Brazil v Russia what will happen It's final time Brazil v Russia Wait I don't I don't know which one's which See this one coming You will Have a have a sniff Have oh, a sniff Isn't it good that I don't know which one was which now Because Yep yeah. um. Okay Yep yeah. Blind taste tests Right That's the first one Hmm Quite late in that one <laughs> Right So I'm not smelling anything for that though. No, uh-oh. it gives me sense of well. <laughs> Now, we have done this all within an hour and a half, which mm. is probably silly. I'm a little wobbly, Garve's a little wobbly. Mm. We're all wobblies here. We're all wobblies here. <laughs> half time oranges, Nil-nil at half time. Mm. Mm. Sighting each other out, it's a bit like you gave a chess. Because there's a lot well, of steak it's We the expected favorite. this with Brazil and Russia oh, in the final, we uh-huh. expected it. <laughs> There's, uh, there's not a lot to go by, you know. It's been a, it's been a bloody tiring tournament. Of course, yeah, a very tiring. Yeah, they're all on tournament. their feet. Yeah, second go. It's the night time matches as well, you know. Mm, of course, kicking in. <laughs> Here we are right. I am late in that. That's classy. I have to get an extra time this year. No. But I'm lagging that more, I think. I, I, obviously, let's let's go further still. Yeah. Do another water cleanse now. <laughs> it's something really really uh, wonky. Uh, um, just I've, I've got to go for my weekly water cleanse. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 Like a colonic or something. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do have to have my water cleanse. Uh, very important. If you are having a colonic, I'm very glad this is a podcast, not a YouTube video. <laughs> <laughs> colonic on the Radio doesn't work, man. Be like a juggler. Great album title, though. Colonic on the Radio. <laughs> that is nice and got a lovely smell to it. That is. I do like that. Yeah. I do like that. I, I know which ones. I think I know which one's going to come out on top. It's been a lot of hard work. Hmm. That's very subtle, though. Yeah, it's it's a, it's not nothing taken away from the uh, taken away from that one. That's really subtle and got a lovely. Uh, I don't know which one to go with, but you know I'll be bold, right? I'll go for this number one, one. You gonna go bold? Yeah, I'm gonna go bold. The other one is really nice. It is delicious. I can't in, can't in argue it. that. But I am I am with you on which one you've selected there. Oh yeah, because it's it's it. it you know, you've got to go with something that's trying to be really interesting and yeah. tasty. It, it, and it is yeah. a fascinating taste. It is, yeah. You've got to imagine. It's almost as if, if they've got it just right, because if they added one more ingredient, it could taste like I rubber. know what you mean. It's just on the edge. Yeah, of them. Is, but that is that is a divine <clears throat> drink. And I'm going to tell you, the winner in extra time... I think I know this... It's the horse nation. It's Russia. Russia, Russia. Russia, Russia had won man. the Gin Tin World Cup. And oh, yeah. Is that Tetris? Yeah, I'll <laughs> do. 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 Well done, Russia. Cossack hey, uh, hey, uh, hey, hey, uh, So well done, Russia. Uh, Brazil was a close. It was a close yeah, match, though. Well so Aldi nearly came out on top. On top of Whoa. all these fancy little gins, Aldi almost pulled it off. Yeah, it was very nice that one. That's a lovely gin, isn't it? The Aldi yeah. gin. It's very good. Nine ninety nine as well. I think yeah, I just easy for a massive a bottle of, of it. Than yep. price, isn't it? Nine ninety nine. God, I remember you get toys for nine ninety nine. Yeah, I remember you used to be able to get computer games for one ninety nine. I used to get them from yeah. the post office as well for the Commodore. The post office. God. Yeah. Ah, uh, good times. <laughs> but yeah. not as exciting as it's going to be in Russia tonight I imagine well they've won the Gin World Cup yeah imagine Russia's uh, streets will be alight with their uh, celebrating youths yeah of yeah. course and um, they've won the Gin no, World uh, Cup so nice well I enjoyed that thank well, you very much well congrats thanks very much for taking part Gavin no, um, That was great and uh, well People should listen to your podcast as well. Yes, if you'd like to listen to my podcast, it's um, a live podcast, makeup Podcast, yeah. which is, takes place at midnight, every Saturday night, and it's called The Comedy Results. Oh, I listen to it every week, and often feature on it. Yes, you do, yeah. It's I mean, one of my favourite like things in the world. It, yeah, oh, it's great. It's a fantastic it's podcast, so do listen to that, if you're interested in uh, stand-up comedy, and if yeah, you're I not, do. well, I've got no interest in being friends with you. <laughs> uh, but the final, the, the results are... Uh, it was a close one and Aldi Gin or Brazil mm-hmm. nearly won the World Cup a, a, a budget supermarket gin imagine that but it was snatched oh, away from by, by, by them with Lone Wolf uh, from, which is available in Tesco's a tinned gin which is absolutely delicious it is Lone Wolf God, but really Aldi mean. Gin took on the, the, the Masters of Edinburgh Gin they took on uh, Cop, uh, Adnams Gin and they mm-hmm. took on Greenall's they was trying to cheat a little bit I think with pink grapefruit right, of course yeah and they came out and they, and they came second in the Gin World Cup but Lone Wolf what a treat that was mm. so yeah that's a recommendation from us and uh, the winner of the World Cup so if Russia wins the World Cup as well um, just you know thank us mm. Cause we're probably going to get our stomach's pumped yeah, yeah we're off to the hospital uh, <laughs> and uh, thanks very much Gav. Appreciate
1: that. And what have you got to say for yourself about that, Matthew? Well, the thing is,
0: we had a limited period of time, and for the good of this programme, or the detriment, as it sounds, we had to do the entire World Cup in one night.
1: A few key observations there. Firstly, you called it the Jin Tin World Cup. Mm-hmm. Secondly, I definitely heard you hiccuping while talking at one point. Thirdly, you congratulate Gav, one of the commentators, um,
0: at the end. Yes, well, he was very brave throughout.
1: He was very brave. Are oh, you
0: saying the commentators don't, don't, shouldn't get uh, shouldn't get told that they were doing well? All right, we're well, fine.
1: No, but well well done to you both for remaining upright. Yeah, exactly. I was
0: going to say, <laughs> you'd, you'd have been out in the quarter I would, I would have
1: done, yeah. But so, Lone Wolf, yeah. uh, the victors of this competition. Indeed. Indeed. Um, so that is available as a tingin, but they also do a They've got
0: nice... Yeah, a bottle of the Lone Wolf and they've got uh, the gunpowder Lone Wolf as well, which I am very excited to try.
1: We're definitely going to find out more about Lone Wolf and we're going to do a tasting on the show because being the winners of the Tingin yep, World they Cup, deserve, I they, think deserve they deserve more coverage. Yes, absolutely. So well done, Lone Wolf. Bravo. Also, also, well done, Aldi. Well done,
0: Aldi, yes, for uh, taking for down all... Yeah, to the big
1: boys. Yeah,
0: all the minnows get yeah. through to the final. Well yeah. done, well and, done indeed. And
1: well done to all of the uh, gin tinnies there uh,
0: Oh, yes, I mean, I don't think there was any we didn't particularly like. No. They were all, they were all great, but uh, the final, the Lone Wolf came out on top, quite yeah. rightly so. Yeah, so, well done. Well done, World Cup winners. Let's crack on with this section. And we have got a very special delivery.
1: Yes, we have. It's like Christmas morning. It is like
0: Christmas morning. Christmas morning for gin fans. Yeah. Because we have got the July edition of the Craft Gin Club gin box.
1: Yes, we have. Very kind of them to send us the July box. Yes. Um, So if you haven't heard of Craft Gin Club, um, it's a UK gin subscription service. So you pay £40 a month. Mm -hmm. And you get a surprise box from them. Mm. And in it, there's a full-size bottle of gin, a mixer, a magazine, and then some snacks to complement the gin. Some nibbles.
0: Yeah. Everyone loves nibbles.
1: Everyone loves nibbles. So it's £40 a month or you can choose to get your boxes once every two months or once every three months. Um, I believe there's a voucher code running at the moment and they often do voucher codes. So check out their website, craftginclub.co.uk and uh, at the moment you can get your first box for 29 pounds with the voucher code that's on there. Um, It's free delivery in the UK and the Channel Islands and the gins that you receive there's some of the finest small batch gins available, and there's some real rarities in there.
0: Yes, I think the last one they had was uh, Vidi, and I can't say that I've tried the Vidi gin.
1: No, me neither. So
0: uh, I'm quite excited to see what they've got in store for us. Yeah, so it's perfect. I say in store, it's a box. In a
1: box, yeah. In a box. But it's perfect if you want to try new things. So you might have your favourite few brands that you stick to, but you might think, oh, I'd just really like to experiment with some new stuff. Exactly, yeah. And they will very carefully select it. Um, So, I mean, if you think about it, for 40 quid...
0: 40 quid, you'd pay 40 quid for a bottle of gin anyway, wouldn't you? For a nice bottle of gin. Yeah. So you pay in that, and you get snacks, nibbles, and mixes,
1: and it's delivered to your door. Yeah,
0: exactly. Aye. So the neighbours don't have to know how much you drink.
1: <laughs> yeah, the box is very discreet, actually.
0: Yeah, because you have to. Uh, obviously, you have to sneak out to the recycling with your, jing- <laughs> your jingly, jangly bags. But I mean,
1: <laughs> but be proud of your Yeah, drink and Exactly. Right, let us dig. <laughs> yes. Right. box. Very nicely
0: packed. Mhm. Ooh, it looks like it looks like some inflatable oven gloves. Now, what's what, in here? What's
1: the gin? What's the gin? The gin
0: is Osmos Osmos it. Citrus.
1: I've never heard of it. What is it?
0: Well, it is distilled from grapes. It's a product of France.
1: That's really interesting, because in episode one, when we talked about the origins of gin, we talked about the fact that some of the very, very earliest gins, probably around the 11th century...
0: Oh, the pissed-up monks.
1: Were the pissed-up monks.
0: Pissed-up monks. Yeah,
1: who distilled wine to create spirit, and then threw in some juniper berries, and thus was created the first Just
0: of gin. standing with a pot and just chucking juniper berries at it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. God, it's boring being a monk. <laughs>
1: But, you know, people will often associate the wine, uh, wine spirit with, you know, cognac, for example. Um, but there's absolutely no reason why you can't create a gin from grapes. And
0: Well, they were cognac producers.
1: Ah, so they're, a, I see, so they're a, a grape growing...
0: Yeah, so they know the stuff. Six generations.
1: Family business?
0: Family business, indeed. Let's have Let's have a smell of it.
1: So this is the citrus kind? It's a citrusy
0: one. Apparently there's another kind... Perfect noise, oh, and the smell is already wafting around the room. Yes, I can smell it. As soon as that here. bottle, that is a delicious scent. Now, let Let's us try it neat. Let's try it neat. Just a tiny little bit at the bottom there.
1: Have a sniff first.
0: Have a waft in these plastic hotel glasses. Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a very potent. Is this quite a strong gin then? Because he... I
0: think it might be. You know, because that I can smell the alcohol at
1: Forty-six percent. Forty-six percent. So yeah, the initial alcohol, but then. Once you get past that, oh, it's got a very rich flavour to it, hasn't
0: yeah. it? Oh, it's, it's yeah, it's, um, oh, I'm getting uh, the citrus is coming through at the back of my mouth there from the, just smelling it.
1: Just from the smell, you, the citrus comes through the the back end, of my tongue, it? the
0: back of my tongue's, uh, like,
1: reacting. Yeah, it's going, got up, up. let's sip it neat.
0: Oh, that is delicious, it's very sweet, very sweet indeed, but oh, not right. alka-poppy sweet.
1: No, but it's almost like you can smell the yeah. sweetness from the grapes. Almost smells a bit okay.
0: Yeah. Absolute stiff.
1: So I'm just looking at the botanicals that they're using. This so saffron, which which gives it a kind of I guess sort of spicy it did, like, When aroma I say sw- yeah, and, uh, yeah, and clove as yeah. well.
0: So when I'm saying sweet, it doesn't mean it's a it, it doesn't mean it's not a sophisticated taste though. It's it's got a underflow to it, hasn't it? Yes, exactly. So once you once you try it, it's like it tastes. It settles down into a lovely lovely little gin mm. it tastes more citrusy at the end
1: so yeah that will be so it's got bitter mm-hmm. orange cucumber and lime as well
0: that's all kinds in there and there they've just mashed a lot in
1: <laughs> and then juniper coriander linden apple licorice apricot and almonds as well I can see that mm. can
0: hiding see that. at the back isn't it yeah
1: right but let's...
0: let's see what let's see what mixes they've got for us. That tissue makes it all exciting. Yeah, it's like Christmas time. Mistletoe and gin.
1: Good one. Yeah, clever. Double Dutch cucumber and watermelon perfectly balanced premium mixer.
0: We have some of that in the house yes,
1: because we, do. we are going to
0: do a tonic tasting.
1: A tonic and mixer tasting. Yes. Yeah. Now, I don't think this contains quinine. No, so this doesn't contain quinine. So technically, it's not a tonic water. It's a sort of premium.
0: It's just a mixer. Mixer,
1: yeah. I can imagine that the bitterness of the quinine might actually detract from yes. the really smooth kind of richness of that gin.
0: Let's have. All right. Well, let's have a smell of that.
1: It's interesting that they've gone for that to accompany the this quite rich aromatic.
0: Yeah, more flavours on top of the gin yeah. that's got a hundred flavours. Yeah. This is going to be quite the party. It's a little bit, bit more, more gin. gin. Let's not have too much because it's quite early.
1: And a splash of the double Dutch tonic. Well, sorry, double Dutch mixer, should I say? Cucumber and watermelon. Yes. Interested oh. to see how this goes.
0: Oh well, it smells absolutely delightful.
1: Oh, that adds a real, real summer because this gin could be seen as quite a, almost a, a wintry gin. It is citrusy, but it's got that spice.
0: Yes, I, I, uh, exactly.
1: Warm, rich citrusiness I, about I it. I think
0: I think the weather will uh, the weather will absolutely dictate how it tastes here as well, I think. Yeah. If you're drinking it in the sun, you'll you'll pick up the citrus, and if you were drinking it by the fire, you'd pick up the uh, spices.
1: Well, apparently, I was here listening to a podcast about this, but uh, our thoughts and our mood, for example, and other stimuli can have a huge impact on how we perceive flavour. So, I yeah, I can completely... Um, leave you on that one but this uh really fresh cucumbery melony tonic
0: it smells like jolly ranchers smells... <laughs> it smells like you've melted a jolly rancher yeah it does in. a bit yeah but let's hope it's not as childish as that let's yeah. have a taste oh it's not oh oh it's not that,
1: no because that that is nice that mixer is not too sweet no it's all. not
0: the the sugary the sugary element to it doesn't really come through at all now then we've got more to go i think there's another little bottle in here you know is that yeah let's have a look We'll just unwrap that, because that's all wrapped in tissue as well.
1: I recognise this bottle. So
0: do I. It's a it's tiny...
1: saint
0: Little bottle of Saint-Germain. I Bloody love, love that stuff.
1: This. And the bottle's got that very Parisian, Art Nouveau style to it, which, as we were talking about earlier, harks back to the golden age of cocktails.
0: Exactly. And
1: this is a really uh, classic cocktail ingredient. It's elderflower, I believe.
0: Yeah, there is elderflower in that.
1: It's got a tag here. German is made with infusion of freshly picked, hand-selected elderflowers, which imparts a subtle melange of flavours with hints of citrus and tropical fruits. And it's got a cocktail suggestion, little tiny cocktail recipe here as well. Um,
0: Let's have a dab of this in as well. Yeah. See how that goes.
1: See how these compete with one another. Aren't yes.
0: They? See if they team up or if they take each other on.
1: Yeah, so we've got the grapes, we've got the citrus, we've got the rich spices. It's all kicking off in this tiny little hotel cup. Yeah, summery cucumber and watermelon. And now we're adding this elderflower.
0: Now that is something else.
1: Oh, get out of town.
0: Yes, get out of town. Get a bus and go further out of town. That is lovely.
1: So I really like that So.
0: That's made it a lot sweeter again.
1: And more summery and yep. very fresh. And you can imagine drinking this on a picnic.
0: Yes, I've forgotten all about the Christmas side of it now. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's exactly. gone into It's
0: gone into a summery cocktail.
1: Yeah. I really like the the way that these have been paired. And I think... it. Yeah, it,
0: indi- yeah the shows, show's a skill of uh, pairing drinks from whoever it is that makes these boxes Clearly up at the Craft Gin Club. know their know stuff. Know their stuff. Yeah. Well, let's see if they're more, uh, Here's your favourite bit. Snacks. Right. What's... So
1: these snacks complement the gin, do they?
0: Turn, apparently, I would I would hope so. <laughs> They're not going to just put a bowl of spaghetti in or something. <laughs> they? Less than a hundred calories. A flour and white chocolate meringue bar.
1: Flour and white. Never heard of them. Looks a bit crafty. Looks a bit crafty. Yes. Chocolate meringue bar. Ooh.
0: Chocolate meringue.
1: Meringue. Sorry, yeah, meringue
0: bar. You have a taste of that. Oh. Mm. Uh, and get as many crumbs on your dress as you can. <laughs> oh, you already have. Brilliant. Well done.
1: <laughs> Crumbly. Oh, mm. oh! Mm. It's got cacao nibs on top. Which Healthy. Is what, which is what we use for our infusions. Yes. Um, when we make chocolate gin, we use raw cacao nibs, and they're very bitter. I've got a very particular texture about them, but absolutely delicious. Right, I'm going to have a bit of the gin, and then I'm going to have the.
0: Oh, oh he's such a brave adventurer. See, people people wander off into jungles, mm. people climb mountains, but Sarah is eating chocolate and drinking gin at the same time for your benefit. Mm. To see if she can better the world. Place. Yes, yeah. Your world is a better place <laughs> right now. It
1: does complement it beautifully. Is it nice? Mm. It's got a real bitterness to it, that.
0: Well, I'll leave this next to you. Chocolate bar. Well, would What's you look? Next?
1: What's next?
0: Look at this. <gasps> it's only bloody gr- green and blacks chocolate. I'm always being a fan of green and blacks chocolate. I d-
1: this was in a kind of secret section at the bottom. Yeah, yeah. So if you get a crafting Gin Club box... Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, hunt deep. Check Don't the throw bottom. the box away. Because <laughs> we very nearly <laughs> uh, ejected a lovely bag of crisps.
1: And the Green and Blacks chocolates. And Green and
0: Blacks chocolates. <laughs> what kind of crisps? Cheese and onion. You can't have those. Oh, I
1: can. You can't. I They're can mine.
0: They're mine. Oh,
1: the real hand-cooked crisps. I real hand.
0: them. Yeah, I do like them ones as well. Oh the,
1: and the Green and Blacks. Yes.
0: No, praline. preline Lean.
1: Let's call the whole thing off. Yeah. So Green and Blacks is... Having one. The ethically sourced cocoa.
0: Right, let's have a taste. Oh, hello. It is excellent chocolate. Oh, there's a nut. Mm. Oh,
1: yeah. Got a whole nut in the middle.
0: I'll try gin with that.
1: Mm-hmm. I feel like a king. Good show. Oh. It's like all of these things were made for each other. Mm. Now, it is very special, all of this. Highly recommend Osmos.
0: Osmos is delicious, yes? Yeah. This is an excellent box of treats.
1: Yeah, I feel like a queen. Um, yeah. And you can do it as a gift as well, which is quite nice.
0: Yeah, that would be a lovely gift, I imagine, now. Yeah. Because the box is quite nice. It's got all their uh, fruit all over it. And uh, when it arrived, uh, Sarah skipped around the house. <laughs> like some sort of crazy deer. I did. <laughs> <laughs> Gin-soaked deer.
1: And now I'm a tired deer.
0: You're a tired deer, <laughs> yes. Because you have been up editing all night, haven't you?
1: Yes, and... Now I'm drinking gin and eating chocolate, so it's a recipe for a slow afternoon. Yes. Um. So thank you very much, Craft Gin Club. Really impressed.
0: Yeah, couldn't. Th- I can't thank you enough. And uh, uh, what what an absolute treat it is to get mm. this combination of stuff just to make you dear, really.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, if you if you want to lift every every month, that's yeah. that's the way to go, isn't it? Yeah. Gin News Triple tipple Gin sales triple since 2009 Meister Distillers Jaeger, buys into top end gin brand And sad news as a gin festival company collapses Gin sales triple as we turn to gin and high end spirits Gin as we know is deservedly huge Absolutely Absolutely But just how huge? Sales have tripled since 2009 Reports uh, come out quite recently uh, we've spent four hundred and sixty-one million on gin last year.
1: This in the UK. Yep,
0: up thirty-two percent. Wow! It was only one hundred and twenty-six million in two thousand and nine. Wow! And it's gone up to it's gone up to four hundred and sixty-one.
1: That's incredible. I, I can understand gin sales perhaps tripling since gin really made a comeback in the early two thousands, but since two thousand and nine,
0: consistently building up because the gins coming out left, right, and centre. Yeah for example right 49 new distilleries have opened last year 22 in England 20 in Scotland 4 in Wales and 3 in Northern Ireland 315 distilleries now operate in the UK that's brilliant employing 172,000 that's 172,000 people in one way or another and will bring in a large part of the 3.5 billion spirit tax Miles Beale the chief executive of Wine and Spirit says the British public's thirst for gin shows no sign of slowing down they claim the reasons consumers are more interested in where the gin comes from now.
1: Provenance. As, Provenance, we, as yeah. we were saying earlier in the show, that's been part of the cocktail comeback, that people are really interested in where their ingredients come from. So more craft uh, you know, craft brands. What, yeah, craft and Craft
0: beers are uh, massive yes, now because exactly. people are bothered about the, where they make them and what, what stuff it is. So it's just nice that people are actually taking an interest now in what they're drinking. Absolutely. And uh, it, it, apparently people are willing to pay more. For, the, for a high-end spirit than the you, they were back in, back in the day, because they know it's not a scam, it's not just a different gin poured into a same bottle, you know? Like, yes, that, exactly. It's not the same gin in every single bottle, it's, it's genuinely different.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. Which is a fantastic thing.
0: Now, uh, Jägermeister acquired a stake in German gin brand, Ginsul, earlier this month. it will remi- It's going to stay an independent company, but Jäger's uh, getting involved. Michael Volk, the chairman of the Master Yeager, said that uh, GinSol is more than just an outstanding gin in a distinct bottle. It's a brand that inspired longing and desire. I think you might uh, need to reel it in there, Michael. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just looking at a bottle going, oh. Uh, hello. Hello I <laughs> oh, mean, I do do that when I say so. You I, do, uh, yeah. I go, oh.
1: So, I mean, that's fantastic but. What actually is Jaegermeister?
0: It's one of those things like Coca-Cola. Where you never know the exact recipe, like isn't it? Secret and you ingredients. What is a Coca-Cola bean? You yeah. Know
1: I mean? So Jaegermeister, it's a, it's a liqueur, right? But yeah. has it got kind of botanicals? Oh, in so it? many.
0: 50, Fifty-six herbs, fruits, roots, and spices. Oh wow. Uh, there are examples that they gave when I when I looked into it was uh, citrus peel, licorice, anise, poppy seeds, saffron, ginger, mm-hmm. and of course juniper. Juniper. Ah, so they're perfectly,
1: uh, perfectly positioned much, to yes. um, yeah. Oh, good on him.
0: Yeah, of course. That and Monkey 47 makes me want think German gins uh, might be my favourites because the ingredients for gin soul. Yeah. Right? Juniper, Portuguese lemons, rosemary and allspice.
1: (gasps) Now, allspice keeps cropping up because we had allspice in what... Do you remember the gin fusions that we had last week? Yes. And in one of the ones that you really liked, uh, it had allspice in it. Yeah. And I did look into what allspice was afterwards and it's a, I believe it's a Jamaican herb that got its name because it's got this, um, it almost tastes like a dozen different things and that's why it's called allspice because it literally tastes like all the spices. Clever, They must have been up for a while, I (laughs) think. Yeah, but uh, okay, so that's good news.
0: Yes, good news indeed. Sadly, some sad news. Some
1: sad news now, yeah. yeah. I noticed you didn't do a pun on the headline. No, no, because uh,
0: it's, it's not good when anything like this happens. No. Uh, the Gin Festival Company, which is called Gin Festival Limited, they've gone into administration, Right. Uh, sadly, which is grim. And it's, uh, they, run, they run UK gin festivals all over the country, and they've had to cancel them all, leaving 20,000 advance tickets unrefundable. Oh, dear. 14 quite a ticket as well. Right. Uh, there was one due that happened this weekend at Norwich, so that's gone. It was almost right. sold out as well. It's incredible. If it's almost sold out, I've got no idea how it doesn't work.
1: I guess there
0: was... Uh, there's, there's underlying issues, yeah. but goodness me, eh? yeah. they, they, they were very popular.
1: Yeah, and yeah. Someone's
0: going to have to step into the shoes, because there's gin festivals need to bloody happen.
1: Yes, they do, they do. Yeah.
0: The gin festival said they tried everything they could to do to save the business, because it was a family business, and it might take them down to the degree where they lose property, and they lose they lose money personally as well, which is horrible, and we hope they get back on their feet. It says, after five years, hard work and passion, this was not a decision they took lately, And I'm very no. much sad it was. Nobody closes the business on a whim, I imagine.
1: No, i oh, was sorry, really sorry to hear that, guys, and anyone who was due to attend the festivals. Yeah, is, I mean, admittedly is so
0: losing crazy. 14 quid's a bit of a grimmer, but you've got to realise that these people have probably lost a bit more. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, well, hope they bounce back. In the meantime, if uh, anyone wants us to organise a gin festival... Uh, pff, It'll be
1: a fucking shambles. Yeah, <laughs> 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 I mean, but...
0: don't we we can barely handle recording a podcast so yeah and that was this week's Gin News absolute
1: whew another episode comes to an end
0: is our longest one yet yes Mm -hmm. I think
1: so Uh, but action packed as always Mm -hmm
0: it was long for a reason Yeah. hard yeah
1: yeah now next week it's the last episode of the season yes we're just going to take a short writing break of three weeks uh, so we can get even more amazing content we've already got content for next series yeah we've
0: got people getting in touch and if you do if you do want to be involved in the show if you're in, involved in gin if you're even if, if you like gin if you're a massive celebrity that wants to get involved Ryan Reynolds uh, we're still available for all in <laughs> Anybody wants to come and get involved if with it. If you're a
1: historian, if you're an academic. Yes. Uh, if
0: there's a gin tilt on anything you do get in touch with us and now we will, is the
1: time we will
0: work out a way to involve you somehow yes because we do love it when someone gets in touch with us we've had about six emails this week just from people who not involved and every single one delights us yes so thank you for that
1: and we've had some nice reviews I just wanted to say thank you to the Wandering Bar Company for yes. giving us a shout out um, also wanted to say thank you to Millie Hilton who submitted one of our gin news stories this week yes and thanks to all of you for listening
0: Mother's Room podcast was written and performed by Matthew Reed and Sarah Donnelly Theme tune written and performed by Holly Jazz Cotzier.